book of Acts, chapter number 9, Saul is having uh, his experience with God, and I alluded to that a little bit during this other message this morning. But Saul comes to this place on Damascus Road where he is where he's overshadowed by a great light, you know, uh, and and we know the story. He says, you know, he all of a sudden responds with Lord. I, he recognizes, I don't know who you are. I thought I knew who you are, but I know that you're Lord. And and he asks, you know, who who are you? Because I thought I had this thing figured out. He said, I'm Jesus, whom you persecute. You know, and uh, but there's something something that I want to that I want to dig out of this today because especially in honor of all those who have fallen along the uh, along the way for for freedom and for the things that we take for granted sometimes all those who have given their lives you know I look back at brother Dave I know he served in the in the military and in the on the police force and there are those who are um, strap on a uniform every day and they're there to serve and protect us and uh, all those uh, in, in every area of civil service that uh, you would be surprised how dangerous it is dangerous it is to be an EMT um, to to go into areas and be a firefighter they're giving they're laying their life on the line every single day and we want to honor those and also at the same time today I just want to honor all those who have been martyred for the cause of Christ uh, we wouldn't we wouldn't be able to have the powerful church and the outpourings that we have today had it not been for some patriarchs and, and some some great legendary men and women of old that, that stood up and, and took the fall to complete death and, and said, no matter what it costs me, I'm going to serve you. And no matter what it costs me, I'm going to get this work done that you've called me to do. I believe that there is a calling on people's lives to be police officers. And there's a calling on people's lives to be EMTs and to be uh, firefighters and all these other civil service work. But at the same time, I believe there's a call on you and I's life to propagate the gospel to the ends of the earth, to let to go into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in. There should be something that's deep within us that says, no matter what the cost, I'm going to serve you. I believe it was Joan of Arc who was, when she was dying at the stake, said that, she said how, how and I'm paraphrasing, but she said how, uh, how foolish it is that men and women will go to their grave for little or nothing. She said their lives, they'll go to their, they'll go to their death living for little or nothing. I, she said, I don't need a long life. I just want a full life. And she said, it's so tragic that men and women will go to their grave having lived for little or nothing. I want my life to burn for something. And she died at the stake because she stood for something. She, she took a stand and said that I will do it. She was she was like Isaiah, having been in the in the in the presence of God. And after the angel came down and touched the coal to his lips, then all of a sudden came the ministry part. We all want that experience with God, where we get into His presence. I wish some of y'all would get with me. You're like, I don't know where you're going, Brother Paul. I wish that I wish that some of us would get in in His presence, and then we would say, Listen, I've been in His presence. I felt His touch. I know that He's real. I know that I now I have the keys to life. I, I, now I know I have everything pertaining to life and godliness. Now I know that I was once starving, but now I have the bread of life. 
Now I know what, what I was missing. And now when he calls upon me, whom shall I send? I say, God, here I am. Send me. And I don't care what the cost is. I wish we had some people in the room today that were like Ruth that said, listen, whether you go, I'll go. And where you go, I'll go. Your people are my people. Your God is my God. Not Let nothing but death separate us. I'm telling you, I wish we had some people that got it in their heart that said, I'm so on fire for God that even when it feels like my fire is just a little little flicker or a flame, I'm still going to stand and declare the word of the Lord. I'm not going to cower down in the face of society. I'm telling you, as we honor those today, we need to honor the fallen for the gospel. Amen. The Bible, let's get into the word so you know what we're preaching about today. You see, Saul had uh, Paul, Saul at the time had his experience. In Acts chapter number 9, I'm just going to read a couple verses here. It's verse number 14. Matter of fact, let's let's read. Let's read from verse number 10. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And he, and he said unto him, uh, sorry, and to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the street that is called Straight and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth and hath seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hands on him that he might receive his sight. I just want to stop right there, just a little sidebar, and let you know when God calls you to do something, he's already preparing the way for you to go do it. Um, Holy Spirit just revealed that to me that he was expecting Ananias. He wasn't expecting uh, he wasn't expecting Peter, James, John, Paul. He wasn't expecting you know Billy, Bartholomew, or, or Cletus or anybody else. He said God came to him in a vision and he showed him a man named Ananias coming his way. And I want to submit to you that there are people that God is trying to get you to go out and see that He's already told them that Sister Marge is coming your way. And it's not listen, Sister Betty won't do, and Sister Sister Marge won't do but sister Marge is who's supposed to be coming and praying there's a work for you to do and God's preparing the way that's three we're moving on and 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 then it says and then Ananias answered to him and said Lord I have heard by many of this man how much evil he hath done and to thy saints at Jerusalem and uh, and here he hath the authority from the chief chief priest to bind all that call upon thy name but the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear, this is where we're going today, to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel, for I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. Let's pray. Father, Thank you for your word forever settled. Thank you for an instant word, God. I believe today a rhema word for your people, God. Lord, as we honor all those who have fallen before us, all those who have laid down their lives, God, to, to, to push the gospel. Lord, we thank you for them and we honor them. Lord, I pray that you would fill my mouth with the words to say in the house this morning. Let me say what you would have me say and no more. In the name of Jesus, I thank you. Amen and amen. He said to Ananias, he said, go your way because I have chosen I, for he is 
a chosen vessel unto me. I want to submit to you today that there are people in this room, you, that are chosen vessels. And throughout the eons of time, throughout since, since, the, since the upper room experience, since Pentecost that we celebrated last week, there are people that have been chosen by God to push the gospel, to speak the gospel. Those who have a, a, a voice of influence, and you don't know it today, but you've got a voice of influence. There are people inside your circle who need to hear what you have to say. And God is trying to tell you that I'm choosing you this day. And he's saying, I'm choosing you, but I believe he's waiting for someone to be like Joshua and say, will you choose this day? Will you choose this day whom you will serve? Will you choose this day who your God is? As for me and my house, I'm telling you, we will serve the Lord. Oh, we quote it all day long. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. But really, is your house serving the Lord? You can hang the sign up over your threshold of your door all you want to. And you can even quote the scripture. But I just wonder, is it true that as for me and my house, we, have served, we will serve the Lord? Because God has chosen me as a chosen vessel to propagate the gospel. What am I talking about? I just feel it so strong in my spirit right now. God has called each and every person in this church to be a chosen vessel to push the gospel. We're living in a world that is dying by the mass numbers. There is a general genocide that is going on and it's not a genocide of Hitler, it's not a genocide of Obama or Hillary or anyone else, it's a genocide of people dying without the gospel because I'm not fearful of one who can kill me, but I'm fearful of a God who after I am dead can send my soul to an eternal hell, I'm telling you there is a death that's going on all around us, mass numbers of people are dying every single day and there are, there are people in this room who are chosen to be the one to preach the gospel. Some of them, you're, they're the only gospel, you're the only gospel they're ever going to hear. And yet we stand aside and we quote little feel-good scriptures. As for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. But really, really, do, I'm going to go here. Do you really serve the Lord? Because little Johnny doesn't look like a representative of you and you're serving the Lord. Do you really declare that as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord because the last time I checked, your daughter ought not be wearing that. As for me and my as for me and my house, let the two are in conjunction. He is a chosen vessel. I want to submit to you that I know Paul didn't have any children, but I guarantee you that Paul's house would have served the Lord. And no matter who was in Paul's house, they were going to be serving God. He had Timothy with him for a while. He had Silas with him for a while. He had Barnabas with him for a while. And I guarantee you that when they were under his tutelage, they were serving the Lord. He was saying, as for me and whoever's hanging out with me, we are going to serve the Lord. And, and listen, I, I read in the scripture where he had some squabbles because other people wanted to do things a different way. And I'm not here to submit to you that Paul's way was right and Barnabas's way was wrong. But I'm telling you right now that Paul said, as for me in my house, this is the way it's going to go down in my house. And I'm going to stand before God and I'm going to answer to God for 
the way that things are done in my life and in my ministry. And some of us, we get so easily swayed by the ebbs and flows of society. We get so easily swayed in our ministry, our our family as a ministry, and how we're going to raise them. Oh, but I know society says the church can be short now, or these, uh, you know, i got to go ahead and preach today. I don't know why I'm on the clothesline. I'm just there. Um, you know, we, 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 we just, we, we dress up. Every, everybody's wearing a romper. I saw a picture of a man in a romper. This is what society does. This is where we're at. This is what is happening. Why? Because we quote some scriptures, but we don't live the scriptures. And God is saying on this Memorial Day, I'm looking for someone who the, the, the spirit of the Lord is roaming to and fro throughout the earth, looking for one that he can show himself mighty in. He can't show himself mighty in you if you're not living by his word. If you're not declaring, thus saith the Lord, there is a chosen vessel. I'm going somewhere with this. He said to him, he said, he said, go thy way for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles. That is literally every person's ministry in this room. I don't know if you know it or not, but we are Gentiles. We're grafted in. We are the Gentiles. And we have a we have a call. And it's to bear the name of Jesus. Jesus the Christ. Jesus, Lord of Lord and King of Kings. You heard me get up here on a soapbox last week and tell you I heard some nonsense about how Jesus wasn't God. He was just the Son of God. I was, you know, that, that God, only God, the Father is God, and Jesus wasn't God. That is hogwash. That is foolishness. Jesus has been given a name that's above every name. And I'm telling you, it is your and my job. Yours and my responsibility. We are chosen vessels. Let me let me put it to you this way. If you feel like you're a chosen vessel, then you've been chosen to do one thing. Let, how many of y'all ever been hired for a job and you got your job description? There's there's more than one thing on the list of responsibilities. But I believe that if you were to get job Uh, your job description from heaven today, if they could fax that down to you, he'd say, it would say, congratulations, your life has been changed. You get up from an altar, we we ought to hand out, you know, the the certificate of facsimile from heaven. You get up from the altar and we're saying, congratulations, you've just made the greatest decision of your life. It's with great honor and, and, and humility that I present to you salvation. You no longer have a life that's eternally damned, but you have a life of eternity with me. You are in right relationship with me. Now you bear the title. Your job Your job title is now Christian. You can buy a t-shirt if you, there's a little parenthesis. You can buy a t-shirt if you want to, but this does not make you a Christian. You are now Christian. Job duties include To bear my name before all the Gentiles, period. So many people are looking for, what is the meaning of life? I remember, it's not as big of a question anymore because I think people just gave up. But I remember when I was a kid, it was like, what was the meaning of life? Why am I here? Let me tell you why you're here. I just got to get this so that you guys understand it. You are here because 
you are here to bear my name before the Gentiles. The Great Commission to bear his name before all the Gentiles. To go forth and make disciples. Amen. I know that's how he said it. But I've come to tell you that it's simple as bearing his name before the Gentiles. What does it mean to bear the name of Jesus? Your one job title, your one description is this. That you need to bear his name before other Gentiles. Let me explain it to you. We're, we're shopping along in the shopping, you know, in the in the in Walmart. And then there's somebody and, uh, you know, and, and their, their stuff falls out of their basket. And you go over and you... Uh, you help them up with their basket, and oh well, thank you so much. I, you, you know, and, and they they start talking to you. You know what your job is to bear Jesus to them. You've just got you've just been given a segue. You've just been given an open door. You've just been given the ability to go out and give them Jesus. But yet we we hold back. We stop. Last night I was in the hot tub. I'm going to be honest with you. It's it's nice in the hot tub at the at the community pool where we have. I was in the hot tub last night, and there was a guy in there that I've never met before. Matter of fact, he was just passing through. He told me he was a bit of a drifter staying at his sister's house. But I, I, and Eli can testify to this. I will talk to people all day long until I can find a segue, until I can find the end so that I can begin to talk to them about Jesus. I'll just sit there and talk about, I'll, I'll change subjects four or five times. You know, we were, we were talking, and you know what it took? It took this little kid splashing around in the pool, and I said, quit splashing. So he quit splashing so big, and he went and was pattering the water. And I said, oh, you're into witchcraft. And that guy was like, me? I said, well, the scripture says that rebellion is witchcraft. And so I said, so he must must be a witch. I mean, he was four. I was hoping his parents were in hearing distance. I went home. I told Deidre, I said, you know, one of my biggest things that I need God to work. You all need to pray for me because I have a real problem with derelict parenting. Okay. So you just pray for pray for pastor because when I get in public and I see kids, I don't blame the children. But I, I sometimes I'm like, go get your parents so I can tell them how bad they are. Okay? I know that's not my call, but somewhere in there I'm going to find a way to talk to their parent about Jesus. After I tell them how bad of a job they've done. Somewhere in there. But no, back, back on track. So I was talking to the guy in the hot tub, and he heard me talk about Scripture. Well, then all of a sudden I realized Holy Spirit said, there's your chance. You hold your door. And so, and so we, you know, he, I, I, I just was, I, we started, I, I remember Aaron was with me and he started, he's like, here's a gospel song. We were playing this little song game. And so he started singing a gospel song and I could tell that this guy was shifting. And so then it was like Aaron walked away and I had a second and I sat down and I said, you know, what's your name? And he, who are you? He told me who he was and I told him who I was and I said, this. And it was my opportunity to just share a little bit of Jesus that that tested that. That's what we're called to do. I don't know what his the, the outcome of his life will be. Matter of fact, I'm sure he'll be gone out of town within the next couple days, and he'll move on to the next place wherever he goes. But he got a little dose of the gospel of a man named Jesus who died for him. What's your job description? It's to share Jesus to know that you have the bread of life and he's sovereign. 
Sister Evelyn, you talk to me all the time about the people across the across the apartment from you and it's just all around. You just talk, you know, but it's this simple. You have bread in your hand. They don't even know they they don't even know they they that they need the bread. They're like the baby that's drinking sugar water. They don't want anything good to eat. But the reality is you've got the bread of life to give. Amen. And it's our job. It's our job to be chosen and give the gospel and give the gospel. I'm moving on. My wife says it's Memorial Weekend. That's why that's why I never go to Christmas and Easter because we'd have been in the office till about two. Before the Gentiles and kings and children of Israel, I'll just stop right there and say, you are chosen to propagate the gospel. And you, if you will dare to take this endeavor, if you will dare to accept the job that God is writing out in this job description, you will be astounded at the number of people that God will allow you to preach this gospel to. You want your life to amount to something. I dare you to start preaching the gospel. I dare you to start talking about Jesus. You want to you get in the presence of people that, you, you know, you really want to do something and be somebody. I remember when I was younger, I wanted to be somebody. I wanted to do something with my life. I realized that when I start pushing this gospel, this thing called Jesus Christ, this man named Jesus Christ, all of a sudden I'm put in the company of people I never thought I'd be in the company of. Every week I am humbled because I stand up and I get to preach the gospel to a bunch of men and women of God who have been seasoned, who have, who have PhD in this room today who have a, a, a background in preaching the gospel and each week I'm humbled because I get to stand up because I chose to be to accept my job description of being chosen to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and each one of us if we would do that we would not only preach to the Gentiles but we would get put in the place of kings and we would get put in the place of the children of Israel and then it, this is the this is the place where I'm and I'm ending with this today, for I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. He was given a job description. His one job description was this: to bear my name. You see, there's 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 a correlation here between these two. Your job to bear his name. But then in the next verse, he says, and I will show him what great things he must suffer because he bears my name. When Ananias went to Saul and he laid, he walked in, he said, Brother Saul, I bet that was like onions of, you know, because onions are the worst thing you can smell. You know, for some people it'd be the be like you have no idea for me onions are the worst so it, but it, it, it was like perfect timing to be able to walk and say brother Saul but God had told Ananias something that I believe was profound and I think we miss it a lot of times I think I think actually Ananias probably what he changed his mind about going to pray for, this is just me and this is confusing, okay, but I think Ananias changed his mind because God said something about Saul's suffering. Y'all will get that when you get home. He's like, here's this persecutor of the Jews, um, so God, you're telling me I got to go tell him, I'm going to go pray for him and you're going to tell him how he's going to suffer? I'll go. Something 
like three people in this church still get a warning from God. Maybe or maybe not. Right here. Show him the great things that he must suffer for my namesake. Let me let me bring it all together and say this. Today is the day when we are honoring those who have lost their lives. We're honoring those in memory of them. And I know many of us have lost people along the way. And today is the day that we honor all those who have, who have gone on into heaven. I'm, I'm looking for that great getting up morning myself when we get to go and visit with those who have gone on before us. I know that I know that heaven's all about Jesus and we're going to get there and we're going to cast our crowns before Jesus. I'm looking forward to that grand reunion. The reunion where I get to meet those who have gone on before. And I know that today we are celebrating and we're we are memorializing all those who have gone. But there's a special thing about today where we memorialize and and remember all of those who died for a purpose. Not just for any kind of cause. Because so many people, I, 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 I said this earlier, but so many people will live their lives and die in their 70 or 80 or 90 years or 20 or whatever God allows for you. You live your lives for little or nothing and then you die. And what was your life about? But today we're honoring those who didn't just live their lives and just die and just just be, just be, just live, just be just serving themselves, just doing whatever was good for themselves. But they were selfless on this earth. And so for, and because of that, we remember them as they have gone on, the ones who, who had made an impression, who have made an impact on society. They made an impact, and maybe not on just society, not, the, not just the George Washingtons and the Abe Lincolns, or uh, not just the Winston Churchills that we remember, but those grandmas and grandpas who prayed for us, those moms, their dads, Sister Valerie, who we can testify about that sowed seeds into our lives, those ones who are important to us because they left a legacy behind for us. And you know why they did that? Because they were chosen. And God said, if you're chosen, I have to show you that you will suffer. And I promise you, because the scripture cannot fail, it is appointed unto man once to die. And everyone in this room will taste death. And my, my, my will, and I believe God's will, is that when we taste death, we say, death, where is thy sting? Grave, where is thy victory? But we will taste death. It's appointed unto us to die. Even if we go into rapture, I believe we will taste death. Because it's appointed unto us once to die. So the question on this Memorial Day is this. will you die for? And when you die, what will you be remembered for? We can all quote, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We can all think about, we can kind of idolize or puff up our life's existence and think, oh, I remember as a younger man, now I don't worry about it as much, but I thought, who would come to my funeral? Anybody ever had that thought? Who would come to my funeral? Come on, guys, I'm not the only one. Okay, so there's not a hand up. Um, but I, I thought, who would come to my funeral? How big of a day would it be? And, you know, I was literally, this was, this was the question I was asking, and I didn't realize it. 
Do you see the do you see the the correlation between the two? The people that you impact, you'll only impact them if you live to impact them. And and Ananias went to see Saul. And he told him, Thus saith the Lord, and he prayed over him. submit to you today that very few people throughout the New Testament scripture suffered any more than Saul suffered. His name changed to Paul. He found himself locked in the stocks more often than not. He found himself in prison several times, exiled on a ship that shipwrecked, bitten by a viper, lost on, left on an island, a deserted island. I mean, he was down in the dumps all, more often than not. In chains everywhere. It seemed like everywhere he was transported, he was transported in chains. He stood before the Caesar, and, and, and he said, he said, I would that you would be the same as me except for these chains. I want to tell you that he suffered a lot. He wrote 13 epistles. And he left a legacy because he was chosen. And he accepted, he accepted the job description. What was Saul's job? Tell him about Jesus. Tell him about Jesus. So as we remember those who have gone on before us today, let's remember those who lived their lives all the way to death, telling them about Jesus. I don't care how nice a person was. I don't care, and, and, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful of your loved ones, but I'm not as I'm not as interested as as how nice they were, or how much they did. Brother Dave, I love you, and I know you love your pops, but I'm not as interested in him taking you hunting as I am as interested in his relationship with the Lord. What legacy, eternal legacy, is left behind? If there's one thing that we should learn from today as we're celebrating Memorial Day, it's what will they remember you for? Stand to your feet with me. days, if the Lord tarries, I'm going to put you in the ground. And I can tell you that I'll be able to see the fruit of, of your life. And I, I know that you that live for the world. But I'll be able to tell the story of a man that came to the end of himself. Laid down drinking and drugging down the cigarettes, laid down a life for the party, and sold out for the gospel. And I'll be able to say without a doubt that we'll meet again, and that we will share together the glories of heaven, because he chose to accept his call, propagate the gospel telling of Jesus no matter what things he had to suffer in the meantime.
what we need to do. Every head bowed and every eye.